This is Jeff Drake from the Joneses, and you're listening to the Pantheon Podcast Network. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Martin Popoff here. Welcome back again to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We've got this vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. It's all music all the time. Um, available on Spotify, iTunes, Simplecast, and 40 other podcast platforms thereabout. All right. So this is uh, episode 175. I'm calling this Standalone Singles. Um, now, we know there's many, many standalone singles out there. Um, this has actually, you know, become a term, standalone singles. And maybe there's a dash in it, maybe not, whatever. I think I'm leaving it out just because of, uh, you know, file naming and stuff like that. Anyways, this is definitely a term. And, of course, what it means is singles that came out uh, by bands that were, you know, deliberately not meant to be put on the studio album or, or come from the studio album that just came out or or go on the one that's coming up. Now, obviously, you know, most of these, uh, you, you know, they are singles, so most of them show up on compilations, some sooner than others. Um, but, yeah, there are lots of these, so this, this isn't really a show just about, uh, hey, here's some standalone singles. This is more like ones I wanted to celebrate because they either made it a habit or they had some particularly prominent ones uh, that, you know, that, that basically... Um, that this was a, a, a part of their business model, uh, more so rather than just, you know, one or two or whatever. I know we had an old episode. Uh, there's only one episode I think that relates to this. It's, it's the one where I talked about, um, songs that were added to like greatest hits albums just to uh just to gussy up the sales prospects of it you know brand new songs me wise magic or the sammy hager ones we got david lee roth we got sammy uh sammy hager both you know both had greatest hits albums and and new songs put on them um so that's the only episode that sort of relates to that that but um and you know i i was thinking i could almost make an episode and i might uh, celebrating the bands who have the best B-sides. I don't think I've done anything like that. So this is kind of in between those two concepts. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's get started. I mean, I, I do like this idea of this happening. When it happens, it always feels a little exciting, a little extra, like the, like the band is actually making extra, you know, bona fide, legitimate uh, product. They're trying harder. Um, you know, they're showing a sense of prolificness you know, beyond the albums and, you know, with some of these bands, there's this throughput that, hey, there's, there's a lot of this and it's, and it's really cool. And that's kind of what we're celebrating. Uh, so let's, uh, let's play our first selection here. Take a listen to this. This is Rolling Stones with Honky Tonk Women. Right, so the theme, I wanted to put the stones in here because basically I think they have two of these at least that are really, really prime. Um, this is one of them. So Honky Tonk Women came out 
July 4th, 69. And the other one, you know, I'm not going to play it, but the other one that's a, that's a big one in here is uh, is Jumpin' Jack Flash. So that's May 24th, 68. So we're in that we're in that whole beggar's banquet, let it bleed, sticky fingers period. That's 68 to 61 period. I, I want to call it that. I want to call those three a trilogy even. You know, I don't know if you put exile in there or not. Um, but um, I, I feel that that's a trilogy. And I feel like Honky Tonk Women and Jumpin' Jack Flash, which is older. It's a pretty heavy song for, for 1968, actually. It's one of, the, one of the band's riffier songs. But it's pretty cool that um, they've got these two non-LP singles. And they're actually two of the band's most famous songs of all time obviously this one this one's known for you know i just did that gold mine um top top 20 bill wyman rolling stone songs this one is known for that cool thing where uh you know the bass doesn't join in on the first verse the bass comes in when the chorus comes in which is which is really good and it makes the song sort of explode i think i covered that in this uh in this 30 second clip here um but uh but yeah so this is a huge song and jumping jack flash you know it's it's amazing you you almost got to really think and remind yourself that these were not album tracks it's it's, it's a pretty cool thing um you know, and Stones ostensibly also, I didn't kind of check this really carefully, but 19th Nervous Breakdown, We Love You are, are kind of like this as well. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, those are two good ones. And again, I, you know, I'm doing this kind of chronologically, so I wanted to mention, you know, uh, Beatles, again, I didn't check all these exactly how they work. And, you know, it, there's... We also, with this concept, run into the uh, the whole idea of the the British version of the album, and then the American version of the album, and then you know, which is sometimes semi a compilation, and how quick they happen. But apparently, all these Beatles songs fit into this concept. Lady Madonna, I feel fine. The Ballad of John and Yoko, she loves you. I want to hold your hand. We can work it out. Paperback writer, Hey Jude. So that's that's pretty cool. The Kinks. Uh, you know, to keep it uh, with the theme of this British invasion and this early stuff. Apparently tired of waiting for you. Uh, Autumn Almanac, Dead End Street, uh, Days, All Day and All the Night. So All Day and All the Night. So you've, you've actually got one of the, the seminal kink songs in the in the invention of heavy metal. Of course, the other one being You Really Got Me. Um, so yeah, pretty cool. Um, you know, that, that just kind of proves that this obviously was uh, more of a theme in the 60s. You know, before the psych era, this the whole the whole singles thing was a huge market in it in itself. Um, you know, singles were a you know almost a legitimate thing as albums, and of course they even say the album era begins with uh, with psychedelic rock and prog and heavy metal, classic rock, all that kind of stuff. You know, the first uh, well maybe not the first really cool album covers, but you you get you get the drift, right? Um, so yeah, singles could sell hundreds of thousands and millions of copies. They could be a big big deal. Um, so there you go. So those are the, the kind of early ones. Um, yeah, just a little more on, uh, on, uh, honky tonk women. Uh, apparently, yeah. So it was released, uh, in the UK the day after the death of founding member, Brian Jones. Wow. Um, with, uh, you can't always get what you want as the singles B side. Wow. What a strong, strong single that is. That's for sure. Um, in the UK, it remained in the charts for 17 weeks, peaking at number one for five weeks. Remains the band's last single to reach number one in their home country. Song also topped the US Billboard charts for four weeks from uh, 23rd of August, 69. Wow. So yeah, it's been on a ton of compilations, of course. And Jumpin' Jack Flash, same sort of thing. Um, let's see, Rolling Stone called it a supernatural Delta 
blues by way of swinging London. Um, but yeah, pretty, like I say, pretty heavy, pretty riffy song. You know, this is not a band who's known, known for their riffs, uh, uh, particularly, right? It's, it's more, it's more chords and boogie woogie rock and all that kind of stuff. But, um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, Stones is in here because of two really, really massive ones. All right, let's take a listen to our second selection here. This is The Who with Joined Together. Okay, so I love the Who being a part of this as well because, um, you know, joined together, I, I like the idea of this. We're already even in the classic rock era of the Who, and they do actually join together and relay as singles um, right around the same time. So June 16th, 72 for this one. Uh, relay is uh, is also 72. I don't have the exact date here, uh, but you know these were these were both uh, you know semi considered part of the aborted Lifehouse project, right? Um, so you know we're in that space between uh, you know who's next? This this big you know very successful but but single you know sh- shorter than Tommy, <laughs> you know classic album and and uh, and leading up to another double album in Quadrophenia. Um, so this is that space where, you know, there's a lot of turmoil in the band. There's a lot of money problems and drugs and drinking problems. And Pete is constantly having to do stuff just to keep the band in the in the spotlight, keep them working, keep Keith not dying kind of thing. Um, you know, Relay was not particularly successful, uh, but Joined Together is considered, you know, a pretty pretty top who song uh but yeah people do tend to forget it because it falls through the cracks because it's not on an album so every time you know all of us who are guilty of all these youtube shows go on and talk about all these albums and rank albums you know songs like this get get kind of left out but i also wanted to put the who in here because they participate in this whole british invasion thing in a big way too magic bus july 27th 68 uh, is one of these the seeker March 1970, big, big songs, both of these. Pictures of Lily, big, big song, April 22nd, uh, 1967. And I can't explain one of the most iconic Who songs of all time. Um, their first single, it's not on the debut. You know, it's not on my generation in the... In the um in the UK or the US, you know, obviously the, again, all of these, uh, you know, show up on many, many compilations as we move forward through time. But, uh, but it's, it's really cool that the who were doing a lot of this and a lot of their songs were really big songs. Um, yeah, just a little more on joined together. It was backed by a live and unedited version of Marvin Gaye's baby. Don't you do it? I recorded at San Francisco civic auditorium, um, successful reaching number nine on the British singles chart, number 17 on the, on the U S billboard hot 100. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's just really got that good who quality of, uh, of, you know, the band playing, uh, you know, like they sound like they're in separate rooms, but 
but very together at the same time with all that personality. It's got that, uh, well, it's got kind of the honky tonk women thing where there's uh, there's spare instrumentation and then it, and then it picks up when it when you get to the chorus kind of thing, which is kind of cool. And I think I captured that in this uh, in this music clip uh, as well. All right, this episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash five songs. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash five songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's move on to our third selection. Take a listen to this. This is Sweet with Ballroom Blitz. Wow, what a dramatic song. So many parts in this. It's it's deceptively quite complicated, this song. Um, 80 million plays on Spotify. What I love about the suite with this concept, they are absolutely right, you know, in the thick of doing this sort of thing. So I, I actually pulled out my early suite albums here. And the, the cool thing about this is, so this band has a debut album uh, with the ridiculous title, Funny, Funny, How Sweet Coco Can Be. Um, and it's it's basically completely mellow and very glam poppy, like very light glam poppy. So that's 1971. But they literally don't even have another album all the way up to Sweet Fanny Adams and what they spend their time doing in between. So they actually have a, a sort of album. Um, you know, in America, they put out this album called The Sweet featuring Little Willie and Blockbuster. Kind of ridiculous. Uh, so it came out on Bell, 1973. But it's not really an album. It's it's not really considered a sweet album. It, it's essentially a compilation. because and, and they had compilations in Europe as well because they had to have compilations because what the sweet does, which is really interesting, is in that period between being a, a light, really kind of embarrassing sounding, almost like a boy band, total bubblegum band on that first album and becoming kind of like a serious hard rocking heavy metal machine on Sweet Fanny Adams and Desolation Boulevard is they're making all these really kind of cool heavy glam singles that are standalone singles because like I say there's just no album. There's no album at all. So you've got Little Willie which was a big hit and you know I that's the first time I ever heard the Sweet. I heard that on a KTEL sampler. I think it was about 1973. Alexander Graham Bell, Wigwam Bam, Blockbuster, Hellraiser, 
Teenage Rampage. Not not one of those is on an actual uh, sweet album. And you know they've got this uh, this songwriting production team of Chapman and Chim. Chin, Nikki Chin, Mike Chapman. Um, so they're writing, you know, these songs essentially, uh, most of them, and um, and uh, they're all like, uh, they're all like, uh, they sound like Kiss and BTO. Um, they don't sound like the really poppy stuff of the early album, and they don't sound like the tricky, you know, more accomplished heavy metal that I'm about to talk about. So, um, so that's really cool. They they have a whole pile of these standalone singles, and they have B sides that aren't on the albums, and some of those are the the tricky kind of heavy metal sort of stuff. So when you get to the Sweet album, um, it's got what do we got? Little Willie's there, Wigwam Bam is there. So Done Me All Right is uncharacteristic of those more glammy BTO kiss sort of things. It's more of like technical, proper, modern heavy metal. Hellraiser's another one of those great irresistible heavy glam ones. Blockbuster's a heavy glam one. But you've got Need a Lot of Lovin', which is a, which is one of those heavy tunes. Um, Man for Mecca, Spotlight, You're Not Wrong for Loving Me. So, what happens is they, they put out an album called Sweet Fanny Adams, and then they put out an album called Desolation Boulevard, um, and those are both nineteen. You know, those are both UK albums. Seventy four, um, is it seventy four, seventy five? Anyways, so what happens is, and what happens with so many of these kinds of bands that we're talking about here, especially the ones I'm about to talk about for our last uh, selections, uh, is when you when you get that US version of the album. You know the the label kind of looks and says, "Wow, there are all these kind of cool singles and stuff." We you know we ought to we ought to do some some um, combining and 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 using some of those. So what happens? The big big one, you know, the song I just played, Ballroom Blitz. So you know, incredibly, Ballroom Blitz is not on Sweet Fanny Adams or Desolation Boulevard. It's it's such it's Sweet's biggest song. I mean, you could call these this band almost like a one-hit wonder. Um, based on that song. I mean, they had some other hits as well, Action Fox on the Run, you know, and all those glam things as well, but m- mostly in Europe. But the point is, and, and this is their only album that ever went gold in the States, This the U.S. version of Desolation Boulevard. Um, so my point is, um, the reason it went gold is Ballroom Blitz is on that album. Uh, it's the first track on the album. It was an absolutely sweet were the it band in 1975 i remember the roller skating rinks it was such a classic for that what a what an amazing song you still hear it in sports events but yeah uh, and the rest of the album is essentially um a combination of sweet fanny adams and the uk version of desolation boulevard and as i look at the track list nothing there really applies in terms of like these being the standalone singles they didn't they didn't bring forward for example even though it's on capital and and the suite was on bell they didn't bring forward any of those songs which is kind of interesting i i think they probably could have had a secondary or third hit uh had they brought in you know your, your little willie or wig wham bam or blockbuster or hellraiser uh, or teenage rampage onto this record but the rest of it's more of the um you know the modern heavy metal fox on the run kind of fits in in that mold of those kinds of songs but the rest of it's pretty pretty much this is a really high quality uh heavy metal album for 1975 especially the likes of no you don't sweet fa set me free and into the night uh those those are all really really good good heavy metal for 1975 um but yeah what what are you know like i say the only reason sweet had a gold record in america ballroom blitz it's not even on a uk album 
pretty, pretty incredible. Um, all right, let's move on to our fourth selection here. Take a listen to this. This is The Clash with Complete Control. Okay, so The Clash, definitely, definitely one of these bands that has these standalone singles and made a habit of it. Um, you know, later on they had, and I don't even like these ones very much, but later on they had This Is Radio Clash and Bank Robber. But Complete Control is one of these irresistible, gorgeous, one of the greatest Clash songs, probably better than most of the things on the debut album. Um, you know, I love Give Him Enough Rope, London Calling, I love San Anista, one of my favorite bands of all time, but Complete Control is one of these great, you know, mid-period, early period, you know, after they get that debut album going, they've got that, this is, this. all these best songs are happening in that sort of 78 period, right? But, um, so you've got this one, um, and you've got uh, Clash City Rockers. With the B-side being Jail Guitar Doors, which is practically a Clash single in itself because it's amazing as well. It's one of the greatest Clash songs. Uh, but another big high-profile one was White Man at Hammersmith Palais, uh, backed with The Prisoner, so again, a non-LP track on the back. Uh, their cover of I Fought the Law was a, was a pretty big celebrated single. It's so, so good. Um, the only reason I don't consider it one of the greatest Clash songs of all time is because they didn't write it, but it's amazing. It sounds great. And Complete Control is great. I don't like City of the Dead very much, the B-side. But again, so what happens here, just like the Sweet situation, so there's, there's a, a, um, a UK version of the album, uh, the Clash, and uh, I always kind of forget this story, but my, my Canadian one that I bought as a kid, uh, I believe matches exactly the UK version. I'm pretty sure about how that works, but the big deal is, is that um, when The Clash, the Clash comes out uh, in the US, they swap out Deny, Cheat, Protex Blue, 48 Hours, and the original White Riot, you know, all, all good songs, but all very kind of tight and frantic and punky. And they and they swap in the song we just played, Complete Control, um, Clash City Rockers, a re-recorded White Riot. They do put on White Man and Hammersmith Palais. They do put on I Fought the Law and Jail Guitar Doors. So, man, what an incredible, incredible album. Really, the U.S. version of the album is quite... Uh, is quite a bit substantially better than the original intended god intended version of the clash the clash but it, it really doesn't hang together very well um because uh because you really do hear you know the the different styles of the band the advancement of the band the different production across all these so it's very uneven production wise uh because of that but uh but there you go that's what that's what you know you have these standalone singles and the band can be rewarded later by using these standalone singles on literally an official version of the debut and compilations blah 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 as time goes on uh okay let's move on to our fifth selection here take a listen to this this is the cure with boys don't cry but I know that this time I have said too much, been too unkind. I try to laugh about it, cover it all up with lies. I try to laugh about it, hide in my tears in my eyes, cause boys don't cry. 
Okay, so we have a very similar situation to The Clash here. So the original Cure album in the UK was called Three Imaginary Boys. But then uh, when the album came out in North America, so that's Canada, the US, and Australia, they had different cover art and it was called Boys Don't Cry. I remember getting this as a new release. But, um, so you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So you've got eight songs that are... um, that are common to both albums. On Three Imaginary Boys Only, you get the band's really weird cover of Jimi Hendrix's Foxy Lady. You know, they're kind of being this strange post-punk band. Very hard to describe, but but they're being a band that's that's influenced by what? Early XTC. Um, you know, they claim to be influenced by Bowie, but you don't hear really any Bowie in there. I would say you hear early XTC, maybe a little bit of Buzzcocks, magazine maybe already um joy division is kind of really doesn't exist in a big way yet um but you know maybe some joy division in there as well joy division really uh you know influences them two or three albums later you know certainly up into pornography and um and faith but yeah so so an odd band you know very tight small frantic playing very bass guitar oriented which is a signature of post punk anyways so on three imaginary boys you get foxy lady uh meat hook so what it's not you and the weedy burton uh but on boys don't cry only you know the 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 other version the improved version quote unquote you do get this song boys don't cry which is a standalone single you also get the standalone single, Jumping Someone Else's Train. You get Plastic Passion, World War. Killing an Arab is also a standalone single. So um, so just like The Clash, you get these, these big known songs in the UK added to the US version. Um, and the band doesn't stop there. They, they have... Um, First of all, this is a band that, you know, if I do that, you know, uh, bands with the greatest B-sides, the, the Cure definitely has got to go in there because they had a ton of non-LP B-sides. But the big thing that happens next with The Cure is that uh, essentially between the super, super dark and depressing pornography album from 82 all the way up to, so so now we go up to uh, the top in 84, which, you know, this the, the sound changes quite a bit. The weird thing is, is right in between, they're, they're doing a bunch of these standalone singles, and then they all get kind of put together on this long uh, long EP, short album, 28 minutes, whatever you want to call it. It's a compilation called Japanese Whispers. comes out December 16th, 1983. Um, but on that, you've got the likes of Let's Go to Bed, big single for the band the love cats big single for the band the walk you've got the dream just one kiss the upstairs room speak my language lament and the crazy thing is you know essentially the theme is um you know robert smith is said to have have done this sort of as a lark as a response to all the happy you know synth pop new romantic music and stuff coming out but you know possibly he wanted to do just something super different pornography was very draining on the band they were doing a lot of drugs and a lot of drinking it's really really a dark album and at this point does the band even exist you know there's a few interviews it's like oh we're down to a duo and all this and plus he's off he does the glove with steve severin 
Um, you know, so he does this one this one uh, side project album, but he's also touring guitarist for Susie and the Banshees, and not only touring guitarist. He well, he shows up on their double album Nocturne, but he also is on Hyena, a studio album. There's only like four people there. He's the only guitarist, so he's part of Susie and the Banshees. I love Susie and the Banshees, man. What a great band. So so essentially, um, he goes. He there's this weird period of the Cure between pornography and the top where uh, A, does the band exist? B, oh look, they're putting out a compilation album of hit singles that weren't on any albums. And and C, he's in Susie and the Banshees. So, pr- so pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, this this is a band that, um, that absolutely um, participated robustly and enthusiastically and had a lot of success with this idea of standalone singles. All right, honorable mentions. This is just kind of a list. I haven't checked all these exactly, and they all fit in various ways, but uh, Magazine, A Song for Under the Floorboards, Buzzcocks, Harmony in My Head, Promises, Orgasm Addict, Everybody's Happy Nowadays, What Do I Get? So they were big participants in this whole thing. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe... Uh, the Cure, Robert Smith, is kind of uh, influenced a little bit by that. I mean, this is the UK climate as well, right? UK is kind of a singles climate. Um, the Jam, Strange Town, Going Underground, Roxy Music, Pajamarama, Jealous Guy, Perubu, 30 Seconds Over Tokyo, Final Solution, two of their most famous songs. Uh, the Smiths participated in this, Sheila Take a Bow, Shakespeare's Sister, Ask, Shoplifters of the World Unite, Panic, William it Was Really Nothing, Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now, The Adverts, Gary Gilmore's Eyes, Deep Purple, Kind of Strange Kind of Woman, Black Knight, Fleetwood Mac, oh well, Tom Petty, Mary Jane's Last Dance, David Bowie, John, I'm Only Dancing. You know, now we're getting into a little bit of, you know, bands that didn't do it a lot. Um, so I, I don't, I'm not really celebrating them here. You know, they are honorable mentions for a reason. Um, Pink Floyd in the early days was part of this. Arnold Lane, CMLE Play, Elvis Costello watching The Detectives, Radio Radio, two of their biggest songs, his biggest songs. Wire did a few, Manic Street Preachers did a few. The Damned I almost put into this. Uh, you know, there's Eloise, History of the World's part of a greatest hits thing. But I almost put them in because they actually are more more like B-sides. But two of my favorite damn songs of all time are Suicide and Burglar. Go check those out. Un- unbelievable. Joy Division has one of the biggest ones of these of all time with Love Will Tear Us Apart. Um, so there's some honorable mentions for you. Um, if you like this episode, of course, and want to support future episodes, go to ko-fi.com, ko-fi.com slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint. On that front this week, I would like to uh, dearly thank David Barsky, Joe Becht, Andy at Black Sugar Transmission, Todd Evans, David Fisher, Carl Isaacson, Monty Olson, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Steve Polari, Mark Priest, and Stephen Sam Chunk. Uh, Sam Chuck, sorry. Uh, and uh, yeah, martinpopoff.com for the books. You know I've got the two Alice Cooper. I've got the Damned one, which you will you will love that book if you want. If you're curious about the Damned, that will turn you into one of the biggest Damned fans of all time. I basically review every single Damned song. So that's available at martinpopoff.com. You know I sign these and send them out from here. I've got uh, martinpopoff.ca and my... Um, and my uh, art art pal site for these drawings I've been doing of all these rock stars as well. Um, and obviously we've got the Contrarians YouTube show as well. Uh, you know, always lots going on. Uh, Marco and myself putting those things together, the panels and whatnot. Some of you that I've uh, thanked here have been on those panels, and uh, and uh, it's it's one of my funnest things to do uh, on the Contrarians. Uh, so there you go. Um, you know, if I'm gonna leave you any homework here, you know what? If I'm gonna leave you any homework here, uh, I'm gonna go right off uh, right off the five here and uh, go play the damn suicide and burglar you will have a blast listening to those two thanks again see you next time 
Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. <laughs>